Uh, good evening and a very, very warm welcome uh, to you all this evening to our memorial service. Uh, my name's Saab Clare and it's uh, my privilege uh, to be able to lead us uh, through this service uh, tonight. Uh, it's a time for us to be able to pause, uh, to reflect uh, and to remember uh, with hope uh, those whom we have loved and have lost. Uh, mourning the death of someone we love is a wound uh, that we carry all of our days. Uh, for some of us this evening, uh, it might be the searing pain of a recent death. Uh, for others of us, it's a loss that dates back decades. Recent uh, or old, it's an anguish and a heartache in need of the healing balm of God. And so uh, this evening, this service is for you. Uh, this service, I hope, will allow us to do uh, a couple of things. Uh, firstly, it will allow us to remember uh, what those who we mourn meant to us. Uh, in the Bible, in the life of the early church, uh, recorded in Acts 9, uh, we come across a lady by the name of Dorcas. Uh, she became ill and she died. And in their mourning, her friends and her family remembered the clothing that Dorcas had made. That they were remembering and they were declaring what Dorcas meant to them. And so in like manner, as we gather, this is also what we come to do tonight. Uh, secondly, uh, it gives us space to remember the impact that they've had on our lives. I'm sure that some of the memories that we hold, uh, we hold with great fondness. Others may be more difficult. But what is not in any doubt is that those that we remember tonight have shaped our lives. So as we do this, it allows us to process our grief. This service gives us the permission that we need to face the loss, not having to bury it or to mask it. And in coming together, it helps us to see that we are not alone. As we come together uh, in community, we share the understanding that we're not alone. And as we share memories of those who we have lost, it encourages one another's hearts. So as you journey through the service uh, tonight, please engage with the service to the degree that it's helpful for you. If you wish to join in the singing, then please do. Uh, but if you want to just sit and be still, that's absolutely fine. So what will the service look like? In terms of what to expect, the service aims to take us on a journey. Uh, we'll spend time engaging with the loss we carry as we think about mourning and grief, facing and acknowledging the pain that we have. And from mourning, we will move to remembering, uh, reminding our hearts not just of the pain, but giving ourselves the permission to remember something of the joy that we shared with those whom we love. Importantly, as part of that remembering, there'll be a roll call of names, names that you have given us uh, to read out to help us to remember. It may be that you don't have the name of the one you are mourning on the list this evening. Uh, maybe it's a loss that you carry and nobody but you knows of it. 
if that's the case, once we've read out the list of names, uh, we'll leave some space where you can bring those names before God in the quietness of your own hearts. And after the names have been read out, we'll move our eyes to the hope that we have in Jesus. And we'll have an opportunity to remind ourselves of that hope by lighting a candle. And I'll give you details of how that will work as we get to that part of the service. And to close this evening, there'll be a short talk on the hope that can be found only in God. There'll be times of quiet where we can just sit and be still with our thoughts. So please do use those times of quiet as we move through the service. And as we journey through the service, if emotions come to the fore, then please don't bottle them up. Engage with them. Take your pain and your hurt. Take them to God through this service. And allow him, by his spirit, to minister to your hearts. And after the service, there will be people around who would be delighted to pray with you, should you want that. Uh, Or pray with the people who are around you. And there'll be tea and coffee served after the service. But let's just take a moment now to still our hearts and prepare ourselves for this service. The psalmist in his anguish and remembering his hope, he writes this in Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. Let me pray. Father God, we come today to remember with thankfulness those we have known and loved who have died. We give thanks for all they have meant to us. We come seeking to learn of your love and to open our lives to the help and strength that you can give us as we continue on the journey of life without them. We pray for ourselves and for all who mourn. Please, would you comfort our hearts. Amen. I'm going to invite the musicians to come up. We're going to sing our opening hymn. That's a hymn that's called, Oh, the Deep, Deep Love of Jesus. Uh, It's a song that reminds us that God's love for us revealed in Jesus Christ is vast, boundless, free, and rolling as a mighty ocean. So as Saab mentioned, we'll start our journey this evening with a short reflection on mourning. So C.S. Lewis was a British writer and academic. He was renowned for his works on Christianity and best remembered today as the author of the children's book series, The Chronicles of Narnia. Less well known, but equally as beautifully written, is his book, A Grief Observed. In A Grief Observed, 
observed, Lewis starkly recounts his studied attempts to come to grips with, and in the end defeat the emotional paralysis of the most shattering grief of his life, the loss of his wife. And I thought it would be helpful for us tonight to hear something of his reflections on grief as he journeyed along the same road as many of us here this evening. Perhaps you'll recognize some of what he experienced. The book is a journey through grief. In each phase of mourning, Lewis explores his thoughts and feelings in unvarnished, deeply personal terms that encompass shock, anger and despair, and finally, acceptance. And he gives voice to the same feelings that many of us have as we journey through grief and mourning. Lewis describes his initial shock in the immediate aftermath of his wife's death as grief descends over his existence, becoming the invisible blanket between the world and me, numbing and distancing him to the things going on around him, dreading the loneliness when the house is empty. He laments that he not only lives each endless day in grief, but also lives each day thinking about living each day in grief. Grief binds, isolates, and demands his unswerving attention. He notices that grief feels like suspense or like waiting, just hanging about waiting for something to happen. It gives life a permanently provisional feeling. He depicts his preoccupation with his loss and the isolating effects of grief, the fleeting moments when everything appears all right, followed by a plunge into despair. He worries about the effects of time on his memories of his wife, Helen, fearing that the distinct reality of Helen is slipping away, slowly being replaced by his curated images of her. Not that he will forget, but that what he remembers is less than the fullness of Helen. Lewis wonders now that Helen is dead, where she is and what she's experiencing. He wrestles with the notion of heaven and finds great comfort in the way that the Bible speaks of heaven. His previously held beliefs have been shaken and turned upside down when he finds no solace in God. In his pain, he doubts the benevolence of God. But he comes to see that the benevolence and the existence of God are, paradoxically, the one, the only thing that makes sense of the pain he feels. Lewis experiences the guilt of moving forward. Even though he knows that Helen would urge him to move on, he feels that it would in some way be dishonoring to Helen to no longer feel that grief or to move past it. He also chronicles the recursive nature of grief. He imagined grief to be like a a long valley, a winding valley, where any bend may reveal a totally new landscape. But sometimes, as Lewis thought he was moving forward and away from the pain, he suddenly found that the valley he's travelling on has only unexpectedly circled around and propelled him back into the profound pain of loss. As his grief unfolds, Lewis gains some perspective as he reflects on his journey. And that may be the same for some of us here this evening. Lewis's writings and the presence of others here this evening help us to see that there are others who share our feelings and emotions, that we're not alone, that we're not the first person to make this journey, that we can acknowledge that the pain we feel is real. We know that the pain we feel changes again and again and again, and we find that over time we can journey through grief and mourning with the help and the love of others. We grieve, we mourn, we remember, and ultimately 
it is possible to find hope. We're just going to have a short moment of quiet now. So as we move through our journey, um, we're going to have a short time of reflection on remembering as we look at some images which will be accompanied by a short piece of music. The death of a loved one creates a painful fog in our hearts and minds, a fog that can detach us from the good memories that we have of times shared, joyful moments, poignant moments and significant events. And we stop to remember we allow some of the light of those memories pierce the fog. And over time, as we journey through mourning, we may find those memories helpful. We will use images and music for our reflection, which I hope you find helpful. But if they're not helpful for you, please do close your eyes and allow the music to carry you. Uh, We come now to uh, read out loud uh, the names of those we have loved and continue to remember. Let me pray uh, before Martin and Helen come up to read the names. God of grace and glory, we come to remember before you today, especially the following people, the names of which will be read by Helen and Martin. Olive Waters, Peggy Hinton, David Slaymaker, Stuart Law, Lee Brown, Jade Butler, Peter Norman, Paul Turney Gordon Eyre Hannah Nidge Edward Cadle Keith Walker Richard Laws Tony Kingham Andrew Redding Jane Yao Ken Tomes Sheila Joy Savage Leslie Pearson Alison Jones Stanley Langslin Herbert Wilson Paul Denlevy Rosalind Seal Peter Relton Ratan Singh Stuart Barker Rob Gardner David Bates Bill Finlay Reg Taylor Janice Lloyd Steve Pashley Dan Cracknell 
Richard Goldsmith. Pippa King. Reuben Webb. Jacqueline Gibson. Margaret Robertson. Brian Hemsworth. Lil Tomes. Brian Roach. Josiah Andrews. Paul Gaylor. Carolyn Warner. Martin Smith. Hugh Nelson. David Pegg. David Ollie. Dylan Milsom. Terry Trowler. Thank you, Martin. Uh, we'll have a moment of silence now to remember in the quietness of our own hearts the ones uh, perhaps whose names uh, weren't read out this evening. Uh, perhaps they're names that are known only to you or those we've never had the opportunity to name. So just a moment of silence. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for giving these ones we, that we have loved, giving them to us, for us to know and to love as companions in our pilgrimage on earth. In your boundless compassion, console we who mourn. Grant us that we may see in death the gate of everlasting life and continue our course on earth in faith through Jesus Christ our Lord the life and the resurrection of all who put their trust in him. Amen. As uh, we remember those who have died, as an act of remembrance, uh, we invite you now to light a candle uh, and uh, place it on the table either to my right, your left, or to my left, uh, your right. Uh, this is a move from remembering uh, toward hope. Uh, we light a candle to remember the hope that we have in Jesus Christ, both as the one who is the light of the world, but also the one who is the resurrection. I hope that uh, Christ holds out to all those who trust in him. So if you would like to light a candle, a tea light, then please uh, do come forward to uh, one of the tables and uh, light a, a light uh, with the matches uh, provided. Uh, and as we do that, uh, the band are going to come up and uh, they're going to sing uh, a couple of songs uh, for us. Uh, there is no rush. Uh, if the music finishes and you're still lighting candles, that's fine. Uh, just take as long as you need. Uh, and then when you're done, um, then uh, we'll move on. So if I can invite the band uh, to come up and if I can invite you uh, to light a candle, if that was something that you'd like to do. Before James comes up to bring us our reading, uh, let me pray. 
God, our Father, we thank you that you sent your Son, Jesus Christ, to die for us and to rise again. His cross declares your love to be without limit, and his resurrection pronounces that death, our last enemy, is doomed. By his victory, we are assured of the promise that you will never leave us or forsake us, that neither death nor life nor things present nor things to come can separate us from your love in Christ Jesus our Lord. Father, we pray for James as he comes to read, uh, that he would read with clarity and boldness. Please, would you allow the words of Scripture to penetrate and comfort our hearts and help us know your presence with us this evening. Father, help me as I come to speak. Help me speak your hope into our hurting and broken hearts. We pray that by your Holy Spirit, you would minister to each of our hearts through your word this evening. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, the reading this evening is from Lamentations, uh, chapter 3, verses 19 to 24. I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. Yet, this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. James, thank you very much indeed. Uh, a good friend of mine, uh, many years ago, uh, came up to me after he'd had his first child. Uh, and he said, it's like I've been welcomed uh, into a group that I never knew existed. Uh, this group, he said, is called Parents. And he told me just how wonderful it was uh, to be in that group, a group that he never knew existed. And for us in uh, this place today, uh, we find ourselves in another group, a group that we have no desire to be in. And we find ourselves in a group that's formed around the most painful and personal event in our lives, the death of someone that we love. And as we stand here with others this evening, we can find that there is comfort for our hearts that comes just by being with others who can show without a word that each one of us understands something of what it is to have our hearts crushed by the death of a loved one. We are bound together by that common experience. And some of us have been on that journey for years, for many years. And for some of us, it's a recent journey, one that we're only just starting upon. Uh, one psychologist uh, writing about mourning said that Mourning the loss of a loved one is probably the most profound and prolonged emotional state ever experienced by anyone. 
And for those of us who have been left behind as our loved one has passed through death, well, what are we to do? Is there a truth that we can hold on to? Is there a hope that can carry us in the weeks, the months, and the years ahead? Is there a balm that we can apply to our broken hearts? Uh, Not a narcotic that simply dulls the pain, but a cradle that will carry our broken hearts, allowing a faltering and incomplete repair. Is there something to give us the strength to carry the wounds we now bear and will always bear? As we journey along that road, we may find ourselves raging against God, denying God, or wondering why. Why would he allow such pain? Or we wonder if God has any idea of the suffering that we're going through. Uh, In our Bible reading uh, this evening, it uh, allows us to look into those questions. And I trust to find a healing balm there. Our Bible reading this evening was taken from one of the Old Testament prophets, uh, Jeremiah. Uh, The nation that he belonged to was uh, under attack and under siege. Death is all around him. Would you mind just taking that slide off for me, please? Thank you. Death is all around, taking the young and the old. Not discriminating between men and the women. And he describes the pain and the anguish that he sees as all around him. Death takes those he knows. And in his suffering, he cries out to God. He describes his feelings. He says his stomach churns. His eyes are spent with crying. The bile of his empty stomach is poured onto the ground. He tells of how he's enveloped with bitterness and with tribulation. He says that he dwells in darkness. He feels walled in and chained to his despair. All, he was, all his ways, he says, have been blocked as with stones and all his paths now seem crooked. He's low and feels desolate, filled with bitterness. And he says that for him, happiness is a distant memory. Now, as we listen to Jeremiah lament and we see in his words maybe something of the pain in our own hearts. Our pain and suffering is not because we lack faith, because Jeremiah had faith in spades. It's not because Jeremiah didn't pray enough. The whole book of Lamentations is a prayer. But he finds himself disorientated. And it's in the midst of such pain, sorrow and anguish, surrounded by death, that Jeremiah pens the words that James read for us this evening. Could I please have that slide up now? And he writes, I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them. My soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. 
Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. Jeremiah remembers the one true living God has promised to be faithful to his people. Jeremiah knows that even though his own soul is downcast, even though the evidence of his own eyes suggests that God has abandoned him, he remembers that God himself has promised. He's promised to never take away his love from his people. Jeremiah knows that he's been drawn into a living relationship with God, not based upon his own performance, but based upon the fact that God has chosen to settle his love on his people. That the love of God, he realizes and knows, is not an abstraction, but something that comes to us in his compassion. And it comes to us new every morning. And that God's love will never be withdrawn from his people because God is faithful. And even though Jeremiah couldn't understand what God was doing, even though it looked like all the world that God had abandoned his people or was not mighty to help, Jeremiah brought to mind two things, that God is faithful and that God is mighty. So even though in the midst of the confusion, the pain and the distress, Jeremiah's willing to trust God had this. He was willing to trust that the one who is Lord over all things is the one who loves him and has promised to be faithful to him. And that was enough for Jeremiah. That was enough for him to say to his heart, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. He climbed inside those promises. And for him, they became a lived reality. Enough for every day. And for every day's troubles. Thank you if you take the slide off. But what about us? What about us? How can we be sure of God's love for us? How can we be sure of God's faithfulness? How can we be sure that God cares? For us, this side of the cross, we can see what Jeremiah only had a glimpse of. We can see what it means for God to settle his love on us. God sends his son, his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to rescue us and to bring us to himself. And that rescue comes not at the risk of Jesus' life, but it comes at the cost of his life. Jesus, the God-man, he walked in our shoes. He knows what it is to weep bitterly, at the graveside of his friend. Jesus sweated blood in the garden. He knows what it is to plead, pray most earnestly to God to take away the pains and the trials, to send up to his father a big prayer and to have that prayer turned down. He knows what it's like to cry out for help and for heaven to be quiet. We worship a God who knows what mourning is like. 
Because his son, the one who's been in the bosom of the father with the spirit from all eternity past, perfectly loving one another, the father knows what it is to see his only son die as he's nailed to a cross to save us. Here is a God who is faithful to us because of his love for us. That's what the cross tells us. And we might not understand why our loved ones have been taken from us, or we may struggle to see any good in what's happening. But we do know one thing. It can't be because God doesn't care. Because his son has traveled the road that we are on. So when we cry out to God, we know that he understands our pain, he understands our anguish, and he knows our tears. He is the one who has walked the valley of darkness, and he is the one who has promised to be with us at our side. And we know that Jesus Christ was raised to life after three days. And for the Christian, there is the resurrection hope that no matter what happens now, the resurrection of Jesus proves that Jesus will carry us through death to himself for all those who will now trust in him. Carried to a place where there is no more death, no pain or suffering, where the old order of things has passed away and will live face to face with God forever. So for those of us who've been left behind, we can reach out to God. We can trust his promises because he's walked the road we're on. And he's faithful to never leave us, never abandon us. And these are the promises that Jeremiah wrote of, that his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. And that's the medicine that our hearts need. Uh, This is the only balm that will bring deep comfort to our souls. It's a balm that we need to gently apply to our broken heart and to apply it regularly over time. And as we do that, we will find comfort and we will find hope. And let's just have a, a moment of quiet now as we dwell on the promises of God and the certain hope that we have in Christ. Let's pray. God of all consolation, in your unending love and mercy, you turn the darkness of death into the dawn of new life. In our morning, we find ourselves disturbed and broken. Please, would you minister to our broken hearts this evening and in the seasons ahead? Father God, our refuge and strength, close at hand in our distress. Meet us in our sorrow and lift our eyes to the peace and light of your constant care. Help us to hear your word of grace, that our fear will be dispelled by your love, our loneliness eased by your presence, and our hope renewed by your promises in Jesus Christ our Lord. Father God, please give to all who mourn a sure confidence in your loving care that we may cast all our sorrow on you and know the consolation of your love. We pray that by your spirit you would comfort those who mourn. May the light of your face bring fresh hope into darkness.
might we know your loving presence with us in our loneliness. And we pray that the burden of our grief would be carried by you. Please would you give us new strength each morning to face the day ahead. And help us to find comfort in your promises. And in so doing, please grant us the endurance we need. Lord of all, we praise you for all who have entered into their rest and reached the promised land where you are seen face to face. Please give us grace to follow in their footsteps as they followed in the way of your son. Thank you for the memory of those you have called to yourself. By each memory, turn our hearts from things seen to things unseen. And lead us till we come to the eternal rest that you have prepared for your people through Jesus Christ our Lord. God, our Father, we thank you that you sent your Son, Jesus Christ, to die for us and to rise again. His cross declares your love to be without limit and his resurrection our hope. By his victory, we're assured of the promise that you will never leave us or forsake us. Please, would you be at work in our hearts by your spirit? Please make these truths alive and larger in our hearts than our pain and our grief. Let's close our time of prayer and say the words of the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. Now that does bring us uh, to the end of our memorial service uh, this evening. Uh, if you'd like someone to uh, pray with you after the service, um, then do grab uh, any of the staff around, grab, grab me. It'll be a privilege to be able to pray with you or pray with the person uh, that you came with uh, this evening. Uh, if you didn't uh, come up to light a candle but would like to do so after the service, then please do uh, take that uh, opportunity uh, to do that, if that would be encouraging and helpful uh, for you. Now, we've journeyed through the service, uh, through grief and mourning, remembering and hope. And the great hope that we have is in all that God has made possible through sending his son, Jesus Christ, to rescue us. And the mighty work of the Spirit in making that living relationship with our Father in heaven possible and guaranteeing our resurrection hope. And to help us uh, remember that great hope, uh, we've produced uh, some bookmarks. Uh, that contains some of the readings from uh, Lamentations that we had this evening. Uh, you'll find them uh, there on the table uh, to your left. Uh, please do uh, grab one of those if you would like uh, this evening after the service. Uh, teas and coffees will be available uh, through at the hallway after the service. Uh, please do stay, uh, have a cup of coffee uh, and have a chat and share memories uh, if that would be helpful. So some words of blessing uh, to close. And may God give you and to all those whom you love his comfort and his peace, his light and his joy in this world and the next. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit 
be upon you and remain with you always. Amen.